Um, when you were growing up, did you ever want to be rich? Thinking, boy, when I grow up, I just want to really make a lot of money and have a lot of money. I think a lot of you are acting real super spiritual, but I think we sat there and had our dreams and said, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to be rich. I have another question. Even today, when you look at people who are really rich, they're on the news, maybe you know some, maybe it's the person who owns your company, whatever. They're really rich. And you look at how they live, what they're doing with their money, how they're using that richness. Do you ever sit there and think, I think I could do that better? I think I could use that money that they have a lot better than what they're doing. And we look at some of the things they're doing and saying, that's really pretty stupid. Well, how many of you are really rich? Yeah, you all are being spiritual. <laughs> well, the truth is some of us are rich, and I'm talking physically, monetarily, in wealth, not just spiritually. But, you know, rich is an interesting thing. We don't want to admit it, do we? We'd say, oh, I've got a good marriage. Or, oh, I've got a good job. I'm rich. And we'd like, whoa, what's wrong with that guy? It's something we don't really want to admit, but we know there are people who are rich. And, and we would say, well, that person's rich, that person's rich. We might not say, I'm rich, but we'd say, they're rich. Why is that? Because they have more than we do. Rich is a really funny thing. We know people who are not rich. They're poor. We know that. Boy, that, that person, that group, they're not rich. And we know this group. They're rich. And we're pretty clear on them. But what about all the middle? All us who are, what are we? You see, there's a rich line. You cross that line, you're rich. On this side of the line, you're not rich. You cross the line, you're rich. The problem is, where's that line? That's what we want to talk about today. Because the reality is we don't know where the rich line is. And the issue with that is we could cross it and we don't even know we cross it. Because it's not a set line. Have you ever heard of anybody who says, you know, this, this Friday, one more paycheck, I'm rich. I've never heard anybody say that. Uh, uh, this promotion, next month I've earned my next promotion. I'm rich. We've crossed the line. We don't think in those terms, do we? Sort of that, well, they're not rich, and they are rich, but all of us in the middle, where do we cross that line? This sermon series is about how to be rich. Now, be careful and please hear what I've said. This isn't about how to become rich. Cable is full of shows that will tell you how to become rich. And there's all kinds of people who would love to become your advisor to help you become rich. We don't need any more voices of saying how to become rich. We're going to talk about how to be rich. And what I mean by that is when you wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I'm on the other side of the line. I'm not sure I know when I got here, but I'm in the rich category. 
Well, when you wake up and you're there, what do you do? How do you be rich in a way that, one, honors God? So that as I'm rich, God looks at me and how I'm living and what I'm doing with what he's given me, and he says, good job. That's why I made you rich. That's what I wanted you to do. Way to go. Good job at being rich. But the other reason we want to talk about how to be rich is to be rich in a way that is actually fulfilling. That we can be rich and not behave as some who are so empty and so driven by their possessions and their acquiring and their being rich, but to actually be rich in a way that makes us a better person and fulfills those who are around us with our richness. So we're going to look for these four weeks at this whole issue of how to be rich. Now to do that, we want to look at some advice for rich people. And it actually comes from the Apostle Paul, but I don't want you to picture him in his robes and preaching. I want you to picture him as one of these talking heads on the stock exchange floor. You've all seen them. You turn on the news in the morning, and real quickly they'll beam you over to the stock exchange, and there's some talking head saying, okay, here's what's happening with the stock market. Here's what's happening with the dollar. Heads up. Well, Paul did that. You didn't know it, but he did. And we have a transcript of that video cast from the Jerusalem Stock Exchange, okay? And it's found over in 1 Timothy 6. So if you want to turn over there, Paul has some advice from the exchange floor on how to handle your money if you're rich. Verse 17 of chapter 6. Command those who are rich... In this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. I don't know why you would say that. Wealth is so certain today. Instead, to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Rich can be a good thing. Paul says that here. But he also speaks a warning that it can be not a good thing. That we can bless others and ourselves and lay up a good future but it's not based on how much we have. It's based on what we do with what we have. That's the whole point of what Paul is trying to say as a warning. Now, first of all, we need to go back to this whole issue of who's rich. We've already said our easy answer is always anybody who's richer than I am. But it's really even harder than that. Being rich is a moving target. Now, I want you to think about this. Go back, and some of you are there right now, when you first got out of high school and you started out on your own. 
and think about whatever you were making or what you're currently making right now. And you'd say, boy, that was not very much. I, you know, whatever figure in your head, and part of it depends on how old you were. For some of you, it was 13000 a year. For some of you, it was 25000 a year. Whatever it was, you, you thought at that time, if I could only make. So let's say we started out at 25000 a year. And we didn't have a lot of money. And we had to really eat cheap. And, and you know, what is that one commercial? A ramen noodle diet. And we thought, boy, if I only was making 40000 a year, those people are rich. But you know what? A lot of you right now, you're now there. Do you feel rich? No. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, I'm bringing in 40000 a year, 50000 a year. I'm not rich. But those people that are 100000 they're rich. But you know what? There's some of you in this room that at least in your combined household, you're making 100000 a year. And if we said you're rich, you'd stand up and, well, you might not stand up, but you'd say, no, 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 I'm not rich. Whoa, I'm not rich. Let's see, there's the mortgage and there's taxes and there's cars and food and clothes and college funds and braces. Activity fees for youth are killers now. Insurance, I got to put away for retirement. $100,000 doesn't go far at all. I'm not rich. You see that moving target? We lined up a bunch of millionaires who had a million dollars. We said, you're rich. They said, no, no. When would you be rich if I had five million? The rich line moves. So who's rich? Well, we're going to do the old thing today of some good news and some bad news. You may have seen that in the notes. So first, I want to start with the good news. You don't get a choice. I'm preaching. So we're going to start with the good news. The good news is, and I want you to get, get your pins ready on those sermon notes. The good news is, most of you in this room are already rich. I mean that in all seriousness. Most of you in this room are already rich. You've crossed the line. You may not know it, but you've already crossed that line. Here's what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said in Ecclesiastes. When God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them and to accept their situation and be happy in their work, this is a gift from God. To have that job, to have that income, to have things and, and what we accumulate through our working, that's rich. Now, I realize a lot of you sitting here today would say, yeah, but that doesn't apply to me. I'm not really rich yet. I haven't crossed that line yet. Well, first, before we go further, I want to acknowledge, and I don't want to downplay or ignore the fact that I realize there are some in this room who are not rich. Um, as any congregation that is a cross-section, we have some folks here today who have lost their job and can't find another one. Single parents whose single income is not making it. Due to the economy, people who are upside down on their mortgages maybe have already lost their homes or are losing them. People who've gone through a messy divorce 
and have a broken heart, a broken family, and broken finances. People whose medical bills are overwhelming them. That is real today. And that exists, and it exists in this congregation. And yet, there is another group, and that's really who I need to talk to today. We don't think we're rich, but we are. And, 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 and Ephesians, uh, Ecclesiastes 5 applies to us even though we don't realize it because we really are rich. Now, I, I want you to just think about this for a minute. Let's assume we could line up the whole world here, all the population of the world, and, and we fit them right in this corner, and I'm going to talk to them. I say, what does it mean to be rich? What would they tell us? Well, they tell us this. Rich people, they don't have to walk everywhere. They don't have to walk f from the village carrying heavy packages on their back. They don't have to cram themselves in smelly buses. They don't have to wait for streetcars in the rain. They actually own their own vehicle. That's what rich people have. Less than 3% of the people in the world own their own transportation. Less than 3%. Now, if we talk to them a little more, they say, well, now, really, really rich people, they don't own just one car. They own two. Imagine two of their own transportation. And if they're really rich, they own a house to put that transportation in. So it doesn't have to be in the rain and the snow. But that's only if you're really rich. And, of course, if you're super rich, you even buy that transportation for your children. That's what rich people do. And rich people, they sleep indoors. They don't sleep outdoors. They don't sleep under a bridge. And they don't just sleep in houses made from cardboard and galvanized metal you get out of the dump. They sleep in houses with real walls that have heat and the really rich, you know what? When it gets hot, their houses even get cool. And, and they don't have eight people in the same room. Everybody has their own room, and they even have extra rooms they don't need. They just fill it with stuff. But that's only if you're really rich. This isn't pleasant, but we need to face it. And really rich people, they don't just have one outfit of clothes to wear. They have clothes to work in and clothes to relax in and clothes to dress up in. And if you're really rich, you have even different clothes for different seasons. And you have rooms in that house just to hold your clothes. And even though it sounds crazy, those rich people walk in those rooms full of clothes and say they don't have anything to wear. One more. Really rich people don't have to cook for themselves. They drive up and down streets full of businesses that will cook for them. Anything they want. And as much as they want. So much so, they get fat. 
that's how rich they are. I have in my wallet a dollar bill. I have a $20 bill. Now, if I threw the $20 bill down on the floor, a bunch of people would be interested in coming up after worship. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But if I threw the dollar bill down, a few of you might come up. It would probably only be the grade school kids. Why? What's our first reaction? A dollar? The 20, maybe. A dollar? Three billion people in the world work for that for a whole day. Three billion people work for that. Now, why have I done all this to you? To drive home the concept we are rich. Right now. You may not know you've crossed that line, but you have. And when God writes about the rich, guess what? He's talking to us. Whatever level we're at, if you make 37000 a year, you are in the top 4% of wage owners in the world. If you make 45000 a year, you're in the top 1% of wage owners in the world. In anybody's spectrum, that means we're rich. Now, why do I do all that to us? Because as long as we don't think we're rich, we won't pay attention to how to be rich. But if we suddenly realize that, oh my gosh, I am rich, then suddenly this topic for this sermon series of how to be rich becomes much more pertinent, much more important. Wow, I have all this? What do I do with it? How do I be rich? Well, Unfortunately, that's where we now have to deal with the bad news. Being rich is risky. It's dangerous stuff. It is spiritually dangerous to be rich. And the truth is we are facing a spiritual challenge if we're rich. Jesus had another man come to him who was rich. And he asks for some advice. And in the interchange between Jesus and this man, we learn about the danger of being rich. If you want to turn over with me, it's in Luke 18. This, this young man comes to Jesus, and he is a good young man. He knows the laws of God. He's keeping the laws of God. He's doing good things in his life. He is someone we would call righteous. We'd be thrilled to have him as a church member, thrilled to have him as a son-in-law. And so he says to Jesus, what else can I do to be a better person? I want to be even more righteous, someone God loves more. And this is the answer Jesus gives him. You, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, 
the young man became very sad because he was rich. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what are we all? Rich. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, if what I said earlier is true, and it is, this passage applies to us. We all need to figure out how to live in the United States with the richness we have and get through the eye of a needle. If we don't, our riches can keep us from being where God wants us to be. And that's the bad news about being rich. I want to quickly go through three dangers of being rich, and then we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about how to be rich in a way that pleases God, in a way that will ultimately really bless us and others. But those three dangers of being rich, first of all, it is easy to not depend on God. We have all this stuff. It's easy to start deluding ourselves. We don't need him. I've got my assets. I've got my income flow. I've got my job. I've got all this stuff. I'm stable. I'm okay. And as soon as we start to think that way, we're also thinking we don't really need God. The second is all our stuff distracts us. As we become rich, that rich translates into all the kinds of things wealth allows us to buy and wealth allows us to do. And our possessions and our activities fill our lives. And our lives become so filled and so distracted that we stop focusing on what really matters. It's like with our wealth, we keep buying balls and we're trying to juggle them, but we get more and more balls in the air. And pretty soon, we start dropping balls. And that's one of the dangers of being rich. The third danger is this. We have a greater responsibility. Read what Jesus says in Luke 12. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. If God has made us rich, then God is going to ask us to do more with that richness. It's not that it's bad, it's what we do with it. God, the Bible does not condemn being rich. The Bible is honest about the challenges of being rich and how we handle that in the right way. When God has given us a lot of blessings, he expects us to do a lot with those blessings. And that's what we're going to talk about. Our goal in this series is how to handle riches wisely so they don't ruin us. How do we get through that eye of the needle? How do we live in a way where we honor God and depend on him, not our wealth? And how do we use our riches in such a way 
that they bless us and bless others. Because one of the secrets we're going to see is those two are inseparably linked. If we think we can only use our riches to bless ourselves and not bless others, we won't be blessed either. It's in blessing others that we get blessed. Those two go together. And that's part of why God makes us rich. The whole point of this series is so we can figure out how to be rich in such a way that God looks at us and says, now that's why I made you rich. You've got it. That's what I wanted you to do with all that I've given you. Why I had you born in this country, in this decade. So you could be rich and do that. Good job. That's how to be rich. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's pray. Father, we are blessed in this country. We are rich. And we didn't do anything to deserve it. We were born here. We came here. We, we live here. And we're rich. But you know that's not just a blessing. It's a burden. It's a challenge. Because we can be rich and empty and far from you. Or we can be rich and fulfilled and near to you. Help us in the coming weeks learn how to be rich.